Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> I'm trying to be the shredder. Who's the shredder? Oh. <laughs> now I'm trying to do Easter okay. eggs in that. And try. Okay, I'll try it again. <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Armchair Expert. That's an Easter egg. That <laughs> maybe everyone turned it off. No, no, <laughs> it's rough. It's That's fun rough to do stuff. Easter eggs. I like Easter eggs. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and it's tis the season. <laughs> it's Easter. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> uh, dingles. Today we have a very, 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 very extra funny person, but beyond funny, just talented as a motherfucker. Oh my god, you should see a signature. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great point. He's also a calligrapher. <laughs> Fuck, that's not even in the description, Wabi. Jimmy Fallon is a television host, a comedian, and actor. He's also an incredible musician. Yes. And as you just said, spoiler alert, he's a calligrapher. I don't know if it's actually calligraphy. His signature is incredible. He shows us his book with his signature in it. Also another spoiler alert, an inventor. Big time. He's a huge inventor. Okay, listen, he is the host of The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Uh, we fall in love with him on Saturday Night Live. He also, and this may shock people, but he's a very prolific children's book author. Yes. His huge first hit was Your Baby's First Words Will Be Dada. <laughs> and then Everything is Mama. Then Five More Sleeps Till Christmas. And his new book comes out tomorrow. 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 I bet you could pre-order it today for Ooh. tomorrow. It's called Nana Loves You More. Please enjoy Jimmy Fallon. We are supported by Squarespace. Guys, we have a Squarespace website that's just gorgeous. That Wobby Wob, you uh, you built that yourself using all the templates, yeah? I sure did. Yeah, easy peasy? So easy. Well, the best part about Squarespace is it's an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can get discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools, and you can choose from professionally curated layouts and styling options with Squarespace Blueprint. Plus, you can kickstart or update written content on any website, product description, or email with Squarespace AI. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with the code DAX. We are supported by Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Mm. Ooh. Myrtle Beach, I have so much nostalgia. Me too. I did a spring break in Myrtle yes. Beach. Yes. Did you guys used to go there from Georgia? Yeah. It mm. was a very common beach destination. Ugh. Long sun-drenched days, live music every night, and 60 miles of uninterrupted coastline to enjoy. The beach truly is where your best self comes out. Combine that with the irresistible aroma of fresh seafood, southern classics, and local low country cuisine from over 2,000 restaurants, and you've got yourself the perfect vacation. You belong at the beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plan your trip at visitmyrtlebeach.com. That's visitmyrtlebeach.com. He's an Check. Who is that scary guy next to you? Rodney oh, Dangerfield. I, I read about this in your entrepreneur interview. Did you hit record yet on your recorder? Oh, Jesus. You, did you hit record? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been recording. In fact, the podcast is over on my <laughs> end. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I don't know how he did it. And it's really good. It's one of the very best ones we've ever done. 
Yeah, just send it over to us and we'll backfill the questions. You, you just go like, oh, I think I was 29 when that happened. I answered 150 questions. <laughs> <laughs> the first interview that was done backwards. <laughs> you guys look great. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate this. Oh, We're so excited. Yeah, I'm very excited to see you. So I read the entrepreneur interview. You're already smiling, but I'm sincere. And the interviewer commented that he tried or she tried to pick up that Rodney Dangerfield statue with both hands and found it hard. What would you say the weight is? I'd say it's 20 pounds, 25 pounds. Wow. Oh my God. You ever bang out any curls for the girls in your office with it? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I actually do have these very expensive dumbbells that somebody bought me. Oh, they're like Swedish dumbbells. They're in kilograms. Oh, wonderful. So that says 10. So that's um 22 pounds. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Do you have my number? I want you to call me anytime you're like... <laughs> Fast math. How many teaspoons go into a tablespoon? <laughs> oh, I'm out to see at that one. I don't know. Dude, I would say they're equal. The Rodney oh my God. and the thing. Wow. They're equal, and I'm struggling. And so the listener understands the Swedish dumbbell is really, really minimalist. It's sleek. It's gorgeous. It's simple. Who is it? Wood? You know, of course it's wood. I only live with wooden weights. <laughs> <laughs> I have allergies to certain metals and, and any rubber grips and stuff. So at the gym, I'm kind of a nightmare. The whole gym has to be like medieval. <laughs> You have a big broomstick with weights piled on the end for your bench. Exactly what it is. That's just the way I work out. That's how I get the uh, body that everyone's talking about, you know? Yeah, I'm glad you started us off there because I was worried about the transition into your routine. No, I get right into it. I get up, I run 20 miles, (laughs) and then uh, I have a car pick me up because I'm not going to run back. You know, I try to go in a different direction and see new places. Oh, my God. And then they drive me back to the studio, and I start my day. Then you hit the woods. Yeah, (laughs) you guys want to hit the wood? That's what I say. And no one joins me. Dax, I don't know if I've seen you in years. Yeah, maybe a decade. I can't imagine you think about me as much as I've thought about you. Well, and also I just researched you, but are you aware of the insane parallels between our lives? It's uncanny. I'm going to unfurl them for you, but are you aware of any of them just right now at face value? I remember two things about you and one might not be true. But I think we did improv together at the Groundlings in L.A. I think like one of the wow classes, like, yeah, stay fit between classes. But I remember being impressed because you're a very good improviser. And I loved doing that with you. I also remember I was asked to host David Letterman's show when Dave had either a heart attack or shingles. Oh, wow. Neither a great option. No. And I hosted the show, much to NBC's chagrin. They did not enjoy that at all. I got a letter from the head of Late Night saying, please don't do this. We love you here at Silent Live. We want a future with you. For you to do CBS, this would be the worst thing. Like, please don't do this. We're going to ask you officially not to do this and pass. Oh, my God. And I was like, no, I can never pass. He's one of my idols. I love Dave Letterman. And I remember doing Letterman. And they said, here's the only problem. We're not going to help you with the monologue or the booking of guests or any other bits. No, you can't do a top 10 list or anything. I go. Okay. They're like, who do you know? Or we have these people that we get. And I remember they said something about Dak Shepard. And I go, I love Dak Shepard. He would be great to have on. I think you were doing punked at the time. Yes. So my memory of it's crystal clear because that was the very first time I was on a late night talk show. Additionally, and this is not a burn to you, but it's a really funny story. That's like kind of <laughs> saying, hey, don't take this the wrong way. Already I'm feeling like it's a burn to me. No, no, it is not a burn. You're like to saying, you. Jimmy, don't take this the wrong way. I already took it the wrong way. <laughs> Your face looks like a canned ham. All I got was a call that said, David Letterman wants you to be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I already know the burn. 
So I fly to New York. I've never been on a late night talk show. Obviously, Letterman is God, right? So I can't even believe this is happening. I fly there. I don't even have a nice outfit. And it is on the ride to the studio where I asked my agent, who else is on the show? And he said, oh, Kristana Loken, the gal from the new Terminator. Great memory. Jimmy Fallon and you. I write back, that's too many guests. <laughs> Am I even really on? Because Fallon will be on before I'll be on. I'm thinking, are they adding a third segment that seems implausible? And then I say that to the agent, let me do some more digging. Oh, Fallon's hosting. <laughs> it was a last minute <laughs> fill-in because something happened with Dave. And I think it was heart attack. Have you seen the shingles commercial? I think I'd rather have a heart attack than shingles, based on what the commercial tells me. I'll tell you what commercial I keep watching, and I think that she's a great actress, but there's one for Zantac or something where someone's sneezing, he's doing like trust falls, and he has the girl on his back. Yeah. And he's going like, that's you! And she's like making these really funny faces, and she's on his back. And I'm like, she deserves whatever commercial <laughs> Emmys they give for, what are they called? The Rodney Dangerfield Award. Oh my God, she don't make me lift that. it up again, please. <laughs> I'm exhausted. No, it's gonna stay there. Wherever I put it, it stays there for the next uh, three hours. Monica, you have a great laugh. You have a couple of oh, different laughs. Oh, thank you. Oh, do I? Do you want to do an impression? <gasps> I want to hear, as the interview goes, your different laughs. You do like three different ones. As we go on, I'll see if we hit all of them. This is new. Do you think one's fake and one's authentic? Oh, mm. I hope not. I live in a world where everything's real. <laughs> Do you get told that you have a Bradley Cooper quality? Oh, my God. I'm getting those vibes. Oh, wow. Are you? I think I probably know Bradley too well to see it. But it's not. It's like a <laughs> You also didn't have to answer, really, Dax. You said, I'm going to pass on that answer. <laughs> Because I think Monica's got a point. I didn't want to discount her observation, but I also want to say I've known him for 15 years very intimately. I just want to take a good look at you. Oh, God. I love that part of the movie where the way he talks is in the movie. You know, it's tough being on the road. Here's my first song. <laughs> oh, rock and roll. Oh, rock and roll. We're going out in so down in the shallow, low, 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 low. Oh, that was a good song. It's a nice song. It's called Fred It's called Give Me the Biggins. <laughs> it's called Give Me the Biggins. Here he goes. Give me the biggins and give it to me now. Ooh la la. That was a great song. I, I wrote that song in the back of a tour bus. Again, as a friend of his, I watch his talk show appearances. And you guys trying to talk about the elephant, man. There's nothing more incredible. Oh, my the, God. There's a moment. Bradley says, my man couldn't walk. <laughs> he said, my man. Dude, and that made me laugh harder than anything. And we were in these dumb wigs, and I was trying to help him. I go, all right, let's take the wigs off. Let's reset. And you know me, I laughed all the time. And so I'm just laughing at this stuff, and I'm like, oh, my God. I couldn't stop it at all. I couldn't stop laughing, and it just got worse. I think we edited it down to 15 minutes, but it was <laughs> 25 minutes long of us laughing. Wow. Oh, my God. So yes, fun. and because the topic is something so sad, without that being the topic, it doesn't go on that long, but it's just, you're basically at a funeral. Like, you guys got the giggles at a funeral. It's the Mary Tyler Moore episode. It's the Chuckles the Clown episode, which is my high school yearbook quote, by the way, which was, a little song, a little dance, a little seltzer down your pants. <laughs> <laughs> the idea was everyone from the office at Mary Tyler Moore went to the Chuckles the Clown. It's this famous local clown. He got stomped by an elephant at a parade because he was dressed like a peanut. <laughs> <laughs> they're trying not to laugh at all these details during the funeral. And they're like, Whoo. and then 
Somebody gets up and they're crying. They go, I'll never forget what Chuckles used to say. A little song, a little dance, a little seltzer down your path. And then they all just lose it. And it's like the funniest episode. But I always remember that as a kid. I was like, oh yeah, Maritime more. Well, hold on, hold on. I want to give you some credit that you probably have not been arrogant enough to take for yourself. So when you had Cooper do the guitar solo on your show, do you remember this? You had like an air guitar thing. Yeah. Like he really channeled something, right? Oh, interesting. You see where I'm going with this? I gave him the inspo to do Star is Born. I think he was dipping his toe in the oh. water of, can I pull off a rock star? And so this thing starts as like a ha-ha bit, air guitar. That's embarrassing for all humans except for him. Yeah, he's Bradley Cooper. Him doing anything is the coolest. Yeah, so he's just out there fucking, rah, rah, and then girls are going crazy. And I honestly think that could have pushed him towards ultimately doing When a Star is Born. I didn't make it through the end credits, but I'm sure. You were thanked. Thanks for the inspiration, Jimmy, or JF even. Keep it to vague. my two top dogs, Elephant Man and Jay Fallon. <laughs> <laughs> Call him a top dog. I mean, and then I would say stuff to try to like steer the conversation. Go, well, his name is John Merrick. Had a two. Oh. It wasn't actually even his name. They, <laughs> they renamed him? They go, yeah, they changed his name and he had no control. I go, and dude, we just lost, completely fell on the ground. It was like old school Johnny Carson, like Dom DeLuise types of bits where like cartoon tears were coming out sideways, like yes. flying out of my, and I was like, if someone came over and had put a whipped cream pie in my face, it would have been like straight out of the seventies. It was so much fun. That was insane. It's rare that you like pass all the different markers. It's like, you're laughing, huh? Now you're smacking things, right? Did you ever see Four Rooms, that movie? Tarantino directed a room, Robert Rodriguez. Yes. And there was one called Misbehaving where these little kids are left in a hotel room and they find a dead person with a syringe in their arm under the bed and they're combing each other's hair really violently. Anyways, I was laughing so hard at that that I had done what you did. I was slapping my knees and I was screaming. And then I just stood up as high as I could in the movie theater and I was just going, <laughs> like standing. And I thought, where do we go after standing up on my tippy toes? You die. There's so many times in my life where I think I've died laughing because it's so funny. That was one of the moments. The other was I saw an uh, American movie. Remember that movie that uh, was like a reality about two guys making a horror film? Oh, no. It's my favorite movie of all time. Mark Borchard. Dude, when he's slamming the dentist under the kitchen sink, he's banging a dude's head who's not an actor. He's a dentist. <laughs> yeah. And he's trying to help out his horror movie. He's smashing his head into this board that is not breakaway. No. Over and over. And he keeps doing the scene. And he's screaming. He's acting. He's going like, you son of a... You son of a... And he's banging <laughs> the guy's head. Well, if you remember, he had scored, quote, scored the back of it. You know, like, and normally in a movie, there'd be a breakaway door. And so when you revealed the scoring, it was like someone just took like a sharp pen and just scratched yeah. it. Yeah, they scratched the backside with a nail clipper. That was them scoring the wood so that it would break in pieces. And you remember the punchline of that is like, he's beside himself, that thing didn't break. And he's like, fuck, and he starts punching it. And his knuckles are bleeding. And he goes, fuck, that thing is, like, everything's so earnest. <laughs> Can I tell you my favorite moment of that is he's at the funeral home, one of his many jobs that he has. He's uh, in the cemetery, and he's putting flags up for some holiday. And he goes, yeah, I just had kind of a profound life moment. I went into the bathroom to clean out the stall, and instead of shitting in the toilet, someone had shat on the toilet. They shat on the walls. They shat. And I thought to myself, dude, I'm 36 years old. I'm about to clean up someone else's shat. <laughs> uh, my favorite one was when his buddy, who I just got, he couldn't be more lovable. Mike Shank. He goes, what are you smiling at, Mike? Looks like you won the lottery or something. And then they cut to a confession. He's like, I just wanted to scratch off. I didn't want to tell, tell Mark because he wanted the money from me. <laughs> 
So he actually did win the lottery. <laughs> oh my God. The line Kristen and I always do is he calls his buddy for some help and he's like, You think you can come over? Okay. Do you know where I live? Okay. You want the address? Do you have a pen? Can you get a pen? And the guy said, no. By the way, can we just say your wife is one of the most talented, most unbelievable people in the world. And she is crushed on my show. And I always heard that she was a great guest. And I was like, oh, great. We met on SNL days. She was on Broadway. She comes on my show. I was like, wow, she's just one of the most talented people I've ever seen. And she's nice to everybody. And she sent a video to my daughters just to say happy birthday because they're big fans of Frozen. And please get the word back because I'm a big fan. I call her the Julia Louis Drivis of her gen. She can do like absolutely every fucking thing. It's pretty wild. It's like it's not even funny she's a mimic like crazy like you she can mimic anybody it's kind of awesome the fact that you notice monica has three different laughs is exactly what Kristen would have noticed like you probably have some auditory specificity that's unique to you like you pick up all these little details and what is for the most of us just kind of a bland cacophony of sound you are really good at impressions Thank you. But I guess what I was saying is even just being an improviser, being in comedy, a lot of people think hanging around comedians is like the funniest thing because everyone's a comedian, but it's really like a lot of analyzing before it gets funny. What is this fish tank? Let me break it down all the parts and how many fish are in the fish tank. Hopefully three. <laughs> the comedy's always in rule of three. Yeah. So you're always constantly analyzing and thinking of what the next sentence is going to be. And it's flashing in your brain when we don't even think about it. Do you know why or where yours comes from? I don't know. I mean, I've tried to think about it. I mean, my grandparents are very funny. My parents are funny. We always had a funny household, but I think I just was born loving comedy. And now I have two daughters. You have two girls as well, right? Not only that, they're born in 2013 and 14. Now it's getting weird. Now this is like mirror image. Did anyone ever tell you you have a Bradley Cooper quality too? <laughs> Actually, yeah, he, he does. does. a little bit, right? Yeah. I think he does. Sadly, that hasn't been said to me. I feel like we could be the in the same family. You could be brothers. Fuck, I feel so proud walking into a restaurant if you two were my brothers. <laughs> I feel like an 80s sitcom. But I want to walk in first, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want Bradley Cooper walk in and go, hey, whoa, 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 let me see his brother. Yeah, and then yeah. I walk in and everyone's like, oh boy, all right, here we go. Yeah, he's got to go last for sure. Here's what we'll do. When we're in that parking lot, you and I will go like, what do you think they want, cute or tall first? <laughs> This was going to be another one of the similarities I think we share, which is like you and I are graded very kindly on a curve. Like for a comedian, you're a goddamn smoke show. There's no question <laughs> about it. For a comedian. For a comedian. <laughs> yeah. No. No, he's so cute anyways. Yeah. But for a comedian, it's impossible. And then I will give myself the same thing. Like for a comedian, I'm virtually Sylvester Stallone. You are. You're jacked. <laughs> I'm tall. You really are. How tall are you, by the way? 6'2". You are 6'2". Yeah, I'll look Will Ferrell right in the eyes. I'll stare him right in the eyes if you ask me to. God, is Will 6'2"? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe even a hint taller. Will Ferrell is one of the best guests we've had on the show. He's unbelievable. What Will does is, I'm not even kidding, he says yes to a bit before we even send him the bit. I go, you should read it first, Will, because <laughs> it might not be funny and I'm fine with you passing. I don't want to force anyone to do anything. He's like, Will's in. He loves it. I go, I have him dress as little Debbie. I go, all right, well... <laughs> He'll figure it out. And I go, all right, man. And then he comes out, dresses little Debbie. And I go, so, Will, why are you dressed as little Debbie? He's like, well, you know, you got to pay the bills. <laughs> <laughs> but your career is going so well. He's like, I know. Look, 
he has a baked potato and aluminum foil. Then he has a little Debbie snacks cake. And he goes, all right, close your eyes. And just by holding it, see if you can guess which one's a baked potato and which one's a little Debbie snack cake. Okay, let's now drop back into your first hosting. So what I like about that is that was my first time ever on a late night talk show. And that was your first time ever hosting one. So I feel like that's kind of like a very special thing that we were both sharing something terrifying and fun. So that your first Letterman was me hosting Letterman's show. Your first time ever hosting something, right? I, I've never hosted anything. Yeah, that was my absolute first time. I was so nervous. Okay, now I'm going to pick up the pace because we had so much fun and got derailed. But I'm going to throw them out there for you. You're three months older than me. Our children were born in the same time. We both were at the Groundlings. You hosted for the first time. I was a guest for the first time. Then we both did a slew of movies. And that didn't pan out for us so well. <laughs> yeah, mine didn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> I guess what I'm getting to is this long, long trajectory. To me, figuring out that just me being me was going to be the thing that was most successful, as implausible as that was to me, because I was like thinking of what everyone I idolized had done. And now my greatest success and yours seems to be landing with just, I don't know what I am. I'm a guy who loves going to a party and chatting with everyone and fucking goofing off. And being you, you being you turned out to be the thing all along. And you go, wait, wow, that is so interesting. Yeah, but that is the truth. I didn't have a plan. I thought Sarah Live. I go, oh my gosh, what's next? I remember leaving Sarah Live. And at the time, Conan signed some contract that said that he would take over the tonight show in six years i might be wrong about this but i think i'm correct and it was just the oddest thing i don't know why six years but i was leaving snl and lauren's like so what's the plan what are you gonna do and i go i don't know i guess movies in my head i'm like my bill murray john belushi yeah. eddie murphy that's what they do when you leave Sarah live you become a big movie star well who are you can i ask belushi was always my favorite Okay. Like as far as energy wise, and he could sing and he'll just do anything for the laugh. And that's kind of what I do. Obviously not saying I'm John Belushi, but at the time I thought that's the career I wanted to go with. Movies didn't pan out, like we said. Yeah. <laughs> six years passed and Lauren calls me and he goes, do you remember I offered you that thing six years ago? I go, <laughs> yeah. Conan, the talk, he goes, yeah, would you want to do it? And I go, yeah. I go, but I'm married now. So I got to ask my wife. Like, yeah. So I'm in L.A. and I asked Nancy. She's like, are you kidding me? You have to do this. She's like, there's three people. It's you and who? Conan and Dave Letterman? Even if you're terrible, what a great list to be on. Oh, God, yeah. So I go, all right. So then I said yes to Lauren. And then NBC was like, oh, we're not sure if we want Jimmy Fallon. Wait, I just saw Cooper for the first time. I told Good job. you. I just saw it. We are brothers. Man. Okay, sorry I interrupted you, but I saw it and it was thrilling. Anytime I can get compared to Bradley Cooper, I mean, I'm taking this. This might uh -huh. be the best day of my lifetime. I'm getting genuine laughs from Monica. These are authentic. Now I've hyped it up too much. You have a great laugh that I can't do two of your laughs. That's one of them, which is kind of breathy and an exhaustion, but there. Exhaustion. That's well, you're like, you're leaning backwards on the chair laughing so hard. Do you have arms very in your chair? sturdy, yeah. Yeah, because that's why it keeps you in there. That's you're right. you would fall out if you had no arms. And then... <laughs> That's the second laugh. Is the <laughs> audible? I'm so subconscious. <laughs> That's the second one. It's Ooh. audible. <laughs> so you can hear it. And then there's a laugh, almost like Ernie from Sesame Street, that goes. <laughs> oh wow! That's also like dastardly. Yo, it is like. <laughs> that might be your fake laugh if you do that. All right, let's see when it comes up. You are one step away from being the dude in Police Academy. We loved growing up. Steve Gutenberg. No, well, no, 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 no. The man who made all the noises that as a kid, I oh. love. Michael Winslow. Boom. I mean, when I just saw you go, shh, 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 I was like, I bet he could do like a weed whipper. 
Dope. We all right. It's a statue. Okay, it's a Star Spangled Banner. We very good. Okay, you better not open with it. Close with Star Spangled Banner. Here is Jimi Hendrix. I know, but don't open with it. Close with the Jimi Hendrix. Open with a door creaking. You know, open with the smaller stuff. Yeah, you got to be able to top yourself. Who's next, Sinatra? Here's Sinatra opening a guitar case. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what he's referencing, Monica, is there is this incredible, what would you call it, vocal comedian? He could make any noise in the world. He's like a genius. Foley? Yeah, or like he'd be, he'd be in the car, driving in the backseat, and he'd go. <laughs> it sounded like a flat tire. The person went, oh, damn it, I must have driven over a nail. That was like the oh, gag in the movie. He's unbelievable. Then he could do a boombox, but like, like, and then put guitars over his drumbeat. <gasps> it would be like there's four people doing it at once. He was brilliant. He came on our show once, we had him on. Oh, really? He played with the roots. He played electric guitar, because he can play like a fuzzy electronic, like <laughs> I can't do it clearly, but that's why we had him on. That's why he's so special. <laughs> exactly. Michael Winslow. So he was just saying in his comedy routine, he would not recommend that the guy start, start with the stars being better. Yeah, then you're gonna close with the door creak? No, all right, I'm gonna let myself out now. That would suck. That's a classic magic bit, which I love. I do love magicians, but my favorite bit ever, and a lot of magicians do it. They're probably hacky. I don't know, if, but who cares? I think it's great. <laughs> I saw one guy, and he had like a three-piece like a jazz band, and he was like, do this trick. He's like, guess a card, pick a card. And then he's like, and then he's like, uh, okay, is your card the ace of spades? And the guy in the audience goes, actually, no, it's not. He goes, okay, I'm sorry. Well, as the seven of uh, spades. He goes, no. <laughs> Sorry. He goes, all right. And I swear he did this. He goes, okay. He's like, well, anyways, my name is, uh, I'll make up the name, Ron Gentry. And magic is hard, but you know, practice at home. And uh, thank you very much. And he leaves the stage and you go, oh my gosh. And then the band's playing. And then he runs back on stage. He goes, stop the music. Stop the music. He goes, where's that guy? He goes, three of hearts. He goes, that's it. He goes, yeah, and the bang. <laughs> he guesses the number at the end, and it's the greatest bit. It's part of his act that you want him to think he's a loser, and then he comes back and saves the day. Well, what he's done is he's given himself two strikes, and there's the bases are loaded. Yeah, and then he comes out, he connects with that third. He does the Hendrix. It's him with yeah. the Hendrix. He knows how to close, and he's like, yeah, oh my god. And he's like, magic is hard. Try it at home. Practice. I'm like, magic is hard. This is awful. Practice. And he's talking about himself. You go, this is terrible. I like the assumption too everyone's there to learn <laughs> like, you know, like they're students okay so look as you see it's really hard that's why we practice it was a fantastic bit and it was just i love that speaking of hendrix there was a guy called the two-fisted art attack and i saw him at woodstock not the one with the fires and the uh toxic masculinity <laughs> it was just a disaster but it was at the woodstock 92 and he comes out he's like hey man i'm gonna paint for you with my hands jimmy hendrix and he goes, let's go. And you hear like, and he's like throwing the paint on this canvas and he's eating the paint and it's in his beard. The paint looks nothing like Jimmy Hendrix. You just go, let's get him off the stage and just honestly ask him some questions. Maybe he's overheated. Who knows what's happening? But he goes, hey, stop, stop the music. He goes, sometimes you need to look at things from a different angle. Oh. And he turns the painting upside down and no. it's Jimmy. 
Now the guy's crowd surfing. Everyone's like, wow, what's real? What's fake? Who knows? It was awesome. It's a good bit. The comedians who enjoy that 12 minutes of them hating you before they flip it, I think I'm most impressed by them. It's an art to it. Yeah, it really is. It hurts me when just even one reference doesn't really land. I mean, what's great about having Questlove and having Higgins there is because if a joke bombs, they're laughing louder than the audience. Yes. Because yes. they like to watch me squirm and they're like, wow, that one tanked. And so then it kind of makes me laugh that they laughed, you know, because it makes me feel better. I never was in the SNL writing room, but certainly at the Groundlings, we put up all of our sketches that had been written all week long on a Wednesday night. You'd see 35 sketches and 15 of them are horrendous. Nothing is funner than those because once someone acknowledges that this thing's shit in the bad, the amount of joy that everyone's experiencing is you want those stinkers in there yeah luckily i have more than enough right. i can give you a couple examples from tonight's show but yeah the thing that's great about the tonight show uh, even though you didn't even ask me jimmy what's great about the tonight show <laughs> what if i had to ask because implicit in that is like that i don't know if there is something that's the implicit <laughs> <laughs> compared to saturday live where if you do saturday live and you do a sketch that bombs you have a week to be depressed that your sketch bombed right on the tonight show if you do a joke that bombs you have another show tomorrow. So you got to get over it, buddy. There's no time to wallow. No, no, no. You have to make people laugh. Like in the next commercial break, you got to be over it. How quickly did you pick up that rhythm? When you first started, were you like hammering yourself on Friday about a Monday monologue? Oh, completely. Oh my gosh. Wait, how long have you been hosting now? Between the late show and now this? 13 years. Okay. I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark that around 2014, you stopped caring. Wait, about life or? No, about <laughs> the joke on Monday. Because I did gain a few pounds in 2014. <laughs> you did? Is that what you're referring to? No, 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 no. I think you've always been very svelte. Once I had kids, every time I hated myself, I'd go, ah, but I'm still these little girl's dad. That's pretty great. Yeah, I just eat pizza. Okay, good. I'm like 90% of my body's dough. If you press my tummy, I giggle like the Pillsbury Doughboy. Oh, my God. I can't wait to try that in person. But do you think having kids at all for you, like kind of right-sized how important show business was to you? I think definitely priorities change when you have things you have to take care of. A dog is one thing, but a kid is like, oh my gosh, this is like, you got to be responsible for this. So I think you kind of grow up that way. I can be more articulate. I think I only had as my identity, I'm funny. And then when I wasn't funny, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> who am I if I'm not funny? But then I got these other two great identity cornerstones, which are my two kids. So it's kind of like, oh, shit, I don't have the comedy thing today. Well, but I still have two thirds of my identity. I'm still holding, yeah, two great cards in my hand. Yeah. All right. We didn't connect on that, but that's OK. That's, totally that's right. Fine. We yeah. connect on other things. OK, so although we're the same age, do we grow up together? Yes, I went by Trevor Peterbrook. <laughs> oh, my God. Trevor Petersburg. You were my best friend. I know. Oh my God, we well, used to say that thing all the time. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, Go. six, seven, eight. Go. Nice. Raw dogs. Raw dogs. Yeah, they changed their name. That's right, yeah, to the raw that, dogs. That's right. That was you. <laughs> oh my God. You were youngest in your class, and I was oldest in my class. We're the same age, but you have a September birthday. Like, you graduated at 17, yeah? Yeah. And I graduated at 23. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, no, I'm teasing, but... <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I'm not good at math, but that's way off. <laughs> that's right. So you were 18? Yeah, I was 18. I was driving in 11th grade. Yeah, I couldn't drive. I was kind of bigger than everyone. Like, I don't know if you ever read that Gladwell book where they break down, like, how many players in the NHL are born between January and you March. You know what I know? I think it's the first chapter. 
of that Gladwell book. Oh, right, right, right. I'm going to say yes, I read the whole book. <laughs> yeah. It was great, especially that chapter. <laughs> that little dynamic can kind of shift everything. Everything, right? He compares it to a hockey team, I think. Yes, it's the farm leagues up in Canada. So he's like, hey, you're a senior, you're an eighth grader, but you know this eighth grader is 17 years old, while the other eighth grader, the Jimmy Fallon, is only 16. So the older one, even though he's still in eighth grade, gets special treatment and gets sent to the all-star camps and all of a sudden, they're like, oh, he's a brilliant, he's a prodigy. When it's like, not necessarily. He might be a prodigy, but he's also a year older than the other kids. Even younger, it's more impactful. So they start those hockey leagues at like six years old. So if you were born in January versus December in the six-year-old league, you're 20% older than the kid. It's not just a year. It's like a fifth. That's significant. So then you get funneled in the better team. Do you remember how long high school was? Oh, God. It's only four years. Well, for Dax, it was eight years, obviously. Yeah, for me, it was eight. (laughs) (laughs) But it feels like forever. And now we've been through this pandemic. I go, I can't believe it's gone. It's two and a half years already or three years. Almost high school. It's gone by. I agree. It's terrifying. That's its own topic, which is like, how do you slow that down? I'm obsessed with that. Are you? Yeah, I remember doing all this stuff. And I remember everything that went down during the pandemic. The show ended. I went home. I talked to my wife. She's like, what's the plan? I go, there's no plan. I mean, I think I'm just off for a couple of weeks. Uh-huh. She goes, what are you talking about? You go get your phone, get a tripod, and you put a show on. This is what people need you to do. Your wife sounds great. I lucked out. She's Drew's best friend, right? When Drew was here. Yes. Oh, yeah. She was going on and on about this That's very right. organized, productive. You got a photo of her? Uh, I got a bunch of photos. Oh, oh my God. Wow, she's a fucking She's bombshell. beautiful, yeah. My Lord. Thank you, bud. Yeah, I lucked out. I can't hang this thing up. Yeah. Uh, Just throw it up. <laughs> throw it against <laughs> the wall. <laughs> Maybe it'll stick. <laughs> I'm going to the Rodney Award. I'll get to those later. You got to see my floor. It's just riddled with, like, it's like going to Caratop's playroom, you know? It's like, I got nothing but gags. <laughs> Stay tuned for more Armchair Expert, if you dare. We are supported by Squarespace. Guys, we have a Squarespace website that's just gorgeous. That Wobby Wob, you uh, you built that yourself using all the templates, yeah? I sure did. Yeah, easy peasy? So easy. The best part about Squarespace is it's an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can get discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools, and you can choose from professionally curated layouts and styling options with Squarespace Blueprint. Plus, you can kickstart or update written content on any website, product description, or email with Squarespace AI. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with the code DAX. We are supported by ZipRecruiter. Are there some fantastic concerts coming to your city this summer? Mine too. In fact, Anderson Pack's playing at the Hollywood Bowl. I can't wait for it. Ooh, that's exciting. If you want to be sure to see your favorite artist, you need to jump on it right away. I've already DM'd him saying, yes, I got to be in that front row. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. It's like if you're hiring for your business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. So what's the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. 
Got your eye on a rock star candidate? ZipRecruiter's invite to apply feature lets you cut the line. Once you review ZipRecruiter's list of the most qualified candidates for your job, you can easily invite your top choices to apply to encourage them to apply sooner. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We are supported by BetterHelp. Listen, I understand that sometimes you want to keep things to yourself, process your emotions in your own time. But if you keep everything bottled up, it can have some serious consequences. I have therapy on Saturday. I'm really looking forward to it. I had therapy this morning. Yeah, you did. Yeah, and it put me in the greatest mood. We had a long, big day, and I just felt much better for having Because you were, some... not to out you, you were a little grumpy going in. I was. I was. I was to be <laughs> Rob and I received some texts Yeah, morning. I was locked out of my therapy setting, which is this attic. <laughs> <sighs> But then you felt much better after. I felt much better. And I even made some apologies. Um, talking things out can be so helpful. And if you want a safe space for that conversation, I recommend therapy. Check out BetterHelp if you've been thinking of trying therapy. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. It's also easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for any reason for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DAX today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DAX. Here's a question. So how was drinking for you? For me, I just grew up drinking. You know, it was just part of my family. Everyone drank. Let me back up. Do you know I'm an alcoholic? Yes, I know that. Very openly. Yeah, You're yeah. sober, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sober. So I'm fascinated with everybody else's drinking, naturally, because I wish I could live in that sweet spot. I couldn't. When I know other dudes are doing it, I'm kind of impressed. I'm drawn to it, and then I'm curious. I can handle it all now. But, I mean, back in the SNL days, I would drink to excess and have a crazy night where you're like, what happened? What was that all about? And it's not great memories, but you laugh at them. <laughs> yeah, we're getting in bar fights and all this stuff. We're just morons. <laughs> Who would start fights with you? This feels crazy. You're so likable. If you stay somewhere long enough, someone will start some over nothing. A lot of the times for me, it was over jukebox music. Okay, that makes sense because you're passionate about that. I think someone would <laughs> skip my song or something. I'd be like, hey, what was that all about? And I was like, well, are you going to do something? And I go, yeah, here we go. And I'd fight That's over the, the doors. People were pissed that you always wanted to play This Is The End. 14 <laughs> minutes longer. And I already have my jacket on. So I'm <laughs> like, you can't leave and make you're, me listen to this song. You're settling up. And then I get in a fight over it. It was always just like <laughs> scrappy things. And then we'd kind of just either get thrown out and go to another bar and, you know, whatever like that. The next day. We kind of would act like nothing happened or like, we'd say like, oh, that was weird or something. Wait, okay. where are you from? Brooklyn. I was born in Brooklyn, New York. I moved out when I was like one. So I can't really say I'm from Brooklyn. I'm from upstate New York, Socrates, New York, which is a beautiful little town, kind of like Little House in the Prairie, just awesome Catholic school, the altar boy, Irish Catholic. But there were fights and all that stuff growing up. Was it all boys school? No, co-ed Catholic school. And I was really into being an altar boy. I was like going to be a priest at one point. I loved it. 
I was like into wow. it. What aspect did you love? I love the incense. I love the smell of incense. I love the smell of the church. And I love getting dressed up and the, the costumes. I'm trying to remember what they're called, like a hassock or something. And I knew all the terms and everything. I was friends with the nuns and everybody. I was good at ringing the bells. I was the best kid. Great timing. <laughs> and then I think I was talking to Bill Maher about this. And he said, dude, that was your first experience on stage. Oh, for sure. And I didn't even think about it, but you're up on the altar and you're looking down and all these people and your parents are in the pews and they're watching you. I think that did have a lot to do with me getting on stage and liking that feeling. Did you also like approval from like older male figures? <laughs> <laughs> That's not loaded. Not I'm being sincere. Sexually. No, I'm being sincere. Yeah, I did actually. I really did. I, I was friends with a lot of people, you know, in my school and all that stuff, but I actually did have a lot of older friends. I was friends with old men and stuff. Also, my grandfather used to bring me to the VFW and he'd just go and get a couple of drinks at the bar and I would sit there and I'd play the jukebox and just kind of, I'd have to hang out with either my sister if she came. If she didn't come, I'd hang out with the old men. They would talk about foreign wars. Sure, vets of foreign wars. That's what they talk about. Exactly. And they'd tell me all these war stories and I'd sit there and listen and I was probably 12 or something. You said that your parents were pretty protective of you and your sister. Overprotective. They didn't let me cross the street. I'd have to ask their permission. What do you think drove that kind of fear about you getting hurt? Was it having been in Brooklyn with a one-year-old? What was it? I think the city was pretty rough where they grew up in Brooklyn, and it was tough neighborhoods, and my dad was in gangs and stuff. And to go from that extreme to beautiful, quiet upstate New York, where honestly, quiet scares city people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. City people need sirens. They don't want to hear nothing. That freaks you out. When it's quiet, it's like, okay, there's a raccoon out there. There's a bear. My mom would make up all this stuff. She wouldn't even let me camp in my backyard. I remember I had a subscription to Boys Life or one of those magazines just because she wouldn't let me join the Boy Scouts or do anything like that. So I had to use a magazine and live vicariously through other boys and see how to tie knots and do stuff. And so I remember I got a tent at a garage sale. I go, I'm going to stay out in the yard. She was like, all right, you be careful, you know, could be animals and stuff. I go, all right. And I went and I camped. And in the middle of the night, she couldn't take it. She came and woke me up and said, get inside. I can't, oh, wow. Wow. I can't sleep. I can't sleep. I think you're going to get attacked by a raccoon or something. Get inside. One of the many raccoon attacks in your county. That never happens once. And we'd always lock our car doors, like we would lock everything, lock the cars, lock the house. No one's ever stolen a car from us. No one ever broke into our house. I don't know what this is based off of, just the city life, I guess. Did you develop kind of a duality? Because you're a rascal. Like, you like to have a good time. I'm sure you liked girls. Did you find that you were keeping part of you secret at all? Because you're in the church heavily, your parents are fearful, you must have to lie to them so that you can do the things you want to do. No, I mean, I didn't have to uh, do that. I think I made a choice around ninth grade to not be a priest. I didn't date anyone. I was really kind of an... Odd kid. I had maybe two girlfriends in high school, maybe. Really? Maybe. I don't even know if I really actually said girlfriend. I mean, it was weird. So then is it weird when you became kind of a pinuppy heartthrob? Like you were named most beautiful person. You were on that list. Like, was that all abstract to you? Yeah, it was all crazy. And you're like living the dream. You're actually getting every dose of fame that you could possibly think of. It's kind of fun. It's great. I would fool around with girls, but college is where I go, okay, you should probably get a girlfriend and just see what that is like. And so I got like a pretty serious girlfriend in college. Was it because you were so hyper-focused on what you wanted to do in life, do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, I remember like the big breakup. I just was like, hey, I got to be selfish and I can't do this. I'm really going to go and follow my dream here and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get on Siren Live and I'm going to move to Los Angeles and take classes and I want to see if I can sign with someone at Brillstein Gray. I had this weird plan because I've read all these Siren Live books and I'm like, a lot of these Siren Live cast members were signed with this management company, Brillstein Gray. And I'm like, if I get signed there, then I can somehow get an audition for Siren Live. And yeah, so I had this whole plan in my head and I had to say like, yeah, I have to be selfish. I don't have time to think about anyone else. That's actually kind of admirable. Instead of trying to juggle two things you knew you were going to fail at, and then ultimately you would just be unavailable and that person would have to relieve themselves from it eventually. It worked out, I mean, for both of us. I have one last question where we're going to talk about your book. And that is, we've had so many awesome people on here who have gotten the whole thing that they were singularly focused on. Even like to talk to Mike Sure about getting into Harvard, that was his thing. Or these different people have like gone to Harvard and they got there and they're like, hmm, where's the magic feeling? And I did it myself too. It's like I had a whole fantasy about what people recognizing me would feel like, what having money would be like, what having girls out of my league like me be like. And although all of it was fun, none of it did anything to me internally. And it kind of fucked me up on some level where I was like, oh, this was all supposed to like oh, satiate yeah. my spirit in a way that I was going to know contentment. Did you have that experience after like accomplishing all those things by 23? No, I think maybe it was after SNL where I go like, now what do I do? Because when I was on SNL, I did it to the max. I did everything I could possibly do. I go, this is it. And I'm totally going to remember all of this. And I'm going to come in. I'll be the impressions guy. Then I did update, which I never thought I'd do. I host weekend update. I go, oh my gosh, that's great. Then I became the guy who laughs at himself. And you go, okay. <laughs> so you kind of run the gamut. And I loved every second of it, every party, every sketch, every late night writing, bags under your eyes, things that work, things that bomb. And it was just so fun. I just loved it. And then I think it was after SNL and the movie's not working where I just kind of felt a little lost, like, well, now what do I do? Because that was my dream, and I did my dream. Yeah, and there's a lot of life left ahead of me still. <laughs> and there's probably a second where you think in your head, like, they'll probably cancel Siren Live if I leave. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, sure. They'll realize that I'm the glue, and they're going to have to have me back, and I'll have to start Siren Live again yeah. and keep it going forever. And it'll be they who embarrass themselves, not you. Of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. And of course, <laughs> life moves on. New cast members come in. No one even remembers that you were on the show. Again, I give it to my wife, who I was dating at the time. She was like, all right, well, what do you want to do? You want to do stand-up? I mean, you did stand-up, so you can do that. I go, yeah, I guess. She goes, write an album. Like, If you want to write comedy songs, just write an album and do something fun. And so I'm like, I don't know who to write with. Uh, you know, everyone's still at SNL. She's like, get your friend from high school who... You always talk to all the time and you write stuff with him. Justin Petersburg. Exactly. <laughs> Wait, that was you? Oh, I'm sorry, Trevor. Trevor. <laughs> Trevor, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and so I did that. I had my friend. I said, hey, would you quit your job and <laughs> come just write a thing? And so he's like, sure. So he actually quit his job and just wrote with me. And we wrote a script that didn't go anywhere, but we sold it called Going Country. It's about an emo singer who writes a country jingle. And the country jingle becomes gigantic and everyone wants that guy to be famous. And now the emo guy has to pretend to be a country singer. That's an easy transition, I think. But we did that. We wrote a song called Car Wash for Peace. As that was all going, it kind of got me through those six years where then I got the opportunity to do Late Night. And then he ended up coming over and writing for Late Night and he's still here 
writing for The Tonight Show. Well, first of all, that's so cool that that was the end result of him quitting his job. I'm relieved. I'm glad he didn't just get you through your six years and then it was like, bye. <laughs> Peace. But the lesson in there, I think when this thing's cold, I work at that thing. When that thing's cold, I work at this thing. Like you just keep fucking moving like a shark and then you find yourself somewhere that loves you back. Yeah, just keep working. I, I do love working. I love coming up with ideas, whether they're good or funny or stupid or silly. Like I think... Thank God for the an iPhone or the notes or voice recorders or whatever it is, because I'll wake up in the middle of the night and just hum something so dumb. And my wife must be like, he's out of his mind. And then next thing you know, it's a sketch on the show and we do it. And you go, oh, that's what he was humming the other night. I love the feeling of accomplishing that. And I feel like the show is kind of perfect for me because I get to talk and have conversations and, and meet people and I am a fan of pop. I love music. I love art. I love movies, TV, all that stuff. And then I can also do sketches if I want. But then if I have a song, I do a song if I feel like it. If I want to pretend I'm a game show host, I'll be a fake game show host. And it's all the stuff you're like, why not? Let's just keep doing it. It's like, I don't know what my brain would do if I didn't have the show. I'm very, very lucky. Well, I think that I would give you the same compliment that I give Will Ferrell, which is of all the comedians I've known, so few literally do it because they just love playing. I see in you like this insatiable desire to play at all times, which is so lovely, by the way. It's why you're a great performer is I can see that you're having fun and it's contagious. Like it's, it's a gift and I'm glad you've always embraced it. And by the way, I think it's why, like any comedian that went on to write many children's books that are all successful, you're such a shoe in for that because you're just a fucking fun kid and it makes sense. I fell into that because, again, I have these dumb ideas. I have an idea for uh, sunglasses. When I'm waiting online, I always spin my sunglasses around. I go, what if they had like a ball bearing here? Ooh. And you can get a good whip to them. And so I invented a sunglass called Spinnies. They sold at Warby Parker. They sold out in a week. No. And all the money went to these eye doctors going to kids' schools and giving kids glasses. And they made them. I will send you guys pairs of spinnies. Oh, they were oh, the coolest thing. I saved like a box of them here. How cool. It's a fidget glasses. Yes. Got a Ooh. good whip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just had our first baby, Winnie. It was tough because we couldn't have children. You know, we're trying everything and we ended up having her through surrogate. So it was just an awesome Kristen thing. stepped in. Most people don't know that. In addition to her comedic skills and dramatic. Oh, she's so, that's why I compliment her early. Yeah. So fertile. <laughs> a lot of people were saying, what's the baby's first words? Was it mama or dad, dad? And so I go, it was mama. But I got to be honest, I was really pushing for her to say dad, dad. Every time I would see her, I'd just go dad, 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 dad. And I would give her a bottle and I would say dad, dad. Like, even, I don't care if she thought a bottle was Dada. Sure. I don't care if she got it wrong. For the history books, if she says Dada first, that's a win for me, you know? And then you. later she'll figure out what Dada really is. And so I, I go, maybe I'll write a kid's book because I'm reading all these books every single night to the babies. And if it's called Your Baby's First Word Will Be Dada. And yeah. the whole book is just basically the word Dada on every page. So it's <laughs> quack, Dada, moo, Dada, you know, ba, Dada. So I did that as a joke. The book took off. It yeah, became yeah. a hit. And then even crazier, I was getting videos of kids reading the book back to their parents. And like, it was a lot of kids' first book they've ever read. And then kids were laughing. So they're figuring out their sense of humor to the uh, book. And I'm like, I didn't plan any of this. And it became so like rewarding to me. I'm like, yeah, that's what I had planned the whole time to teach kids how to read. And you know, I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was just being silly. So 
I just did that and it was just turned out to be such a fun experience for me, top to bottom. It still is. I get on my socials videos of people going, you did it again, Jimmy, my kids loving Dada. And he says quack and he laughs at a duck and all this stuff. You go, awesome. So I did Dada. Then of course I had to do Mama because I have two girls and I obviously uh, have a mother. And so I wrote Mama and then I wrote This is Baby, which is kind of a baby body part book. These are your eyes, these are your nose, these are your fingers, these are your toes, you know, rhyming and all that stuff. And so I just did that. And now the newest one. Well, then five more sleeps till Christmas. That one was another one I didn't understand if that was going to work or not. I just thought that'd be fun because I was walking my daughter home from school once and she goes, uh, how many more sleeps till we go to grandma's house? And I go, how many more sleeps? I never heard that. So cute. Yeah. That should probably be something. How many more sleeps till Christmas or something? So that inspired me. So I stole the idea for my daughter for that one. And uh, she gets no residuals. Well, she'll get it at some point. I'm the one who started Bradley Cooper's career and I'm getting nothing. <laughs> right. He's walking around with all these awards. You just did the ultimate Bradley Cooper, which is when you do this, that's straight Cooper. I've seen him do that 3,000 times. You know he does that? Explain it. It's all your fingertips on either side of your forehead, and then you shoot the arms out straight. You spring it. Boom. Yeah. He would be saying, bro, bro, bro. Yes. Wow. Interesting. Wow. Holy fuck, you guys. This is it. so interesting. <laughs> it is. Now when he comes on, all we're going to talk about is you guys. I think the three of us need to announce ourselves as triplets, brothers. That's a side project. Put it in your voice memos or however you do it. I do have a sense that when anyone's with you, you get about seven minutes of dialing. Then you got another idea and you're like, the phone's out and you're doing this. And then you're back. You're back for six and a half minutes. And then you're like, oh, a straw that explodes when you put it in the trash. You know, I feel that way sometimes. Is that ADHD? I mean, it seems like you have ADHD. Yeah, I didn't get diagnosed with it, but I'm not sure if I want to. Sometimes I just kind of zone out and go like, hold on one second. Then I'm like, all right, what about cranberry sauce slices? Pre-wrapped like American <laughs> cheese. You unwrap them and you put them on your turkey sandwich. Only have them seasonal for Thanksgiving. And then, go, all right, now what were we saying again? You probably won't admit to this. I would, because again, I'm overly out there about this. But a psychiatrist could actually diagnose you with ADHD if you can go to sleep on cocaine. And I'm just going to judge from your face. Dude, that's the only way I can go to sleep. <laughs> sleep dust. Your wife is taking like a Tylenol PM and then you pull out your mirror. Night, night, sweet dreams. <laughs> Alcohol would be my drug of choice. I've never really been a druggie or gotten into drugs. Okay, but just you personally, you can answer the question in your own head. Wow, yeah, I can fall right asleep on cocaine. I'm not saying you've ever done it, but I'm just saying... After the interview, you could diagnose yourself based on just that. Yeah, I've been asleep for the past five minutes. Okay, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> and answered all of your questions perfectly. You channeled it into something productive. So who cares oh, if you're yeah. ADHD or not? Like ultimately it served you well. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could talk to someone and just see what it is. But isn't it so fun for you that like you can stand in line and be like, I think it'd be fun to twist these glasses around and then that can happen. Like all of this crazy stuff in your head because who you are and what you've built, you can make happen. That's amazing. It's wild and it's the most luckiest thing in the world because I had another dumb invention. I go, okay, ready? And you guys can do this. You're at a sporting event, okay? You're rooting for your team. Your team scores, what do you do? Oh, freeze, freeze, freeze. What's exposed right now? Your armpits. Armpits. 
That's what I'm saying. Prime real estate. Why not put <laughs> oh. logos oh. Oh my God. on the oh. armpits? You put, I love New York or I love LA. Oh. Wow. That's the only time That's you- great. And then when your arms are down, you're a normal person. Oh my God. You're not rooting for your team. Why it's so brilliant is that you're also connecting an emotion to the product. So we only see the product when someone's at their happiest. Yeah, your arms aren't up when your team's you're like, yeah, we lost. Right. right, right. So the Pavlovian response would be when you see the product, you feel triumphant and joyous. Thank you. Okay, well, we got to talk about Nana Loves You More. I think you don't actually get, have to. No, no, I want to. I want to. But uh, maybe I don't want to now. <laughs> well, but, uh, or then I want to tell you. I got to tell you because I read it, obviously. You get into this fun game that if you have kids, you have to know this game, which is every night when I say goodnight to my girls, they say I love you. And I say you have no idea I love you. And then it becomes this fun contest of how much we love each other. You're trying to come up with some expansive notion that is bigger than the other person's. And that's virtually what this book is, is that Nana Loves You More than anything you could ever conceive. That's exactly right. Yeah. My wife's parents, when we say goodbye to them, we go, bye, we go, love you. And her dad would say, uh, I love you more. And I go, that's pretty cool. I wish it was my line because it's such a good line. <laughs> it's a tribute to him and to them. And it's Nana or Noma or Grammy or Gammy or whatever you call Abuela, whatever you call your grandma. Gaga. Gaga. Is that what you call it? Yeah, we call him Gaga. Babushka, I think you could say. Monica, what did you call your grandma? Grandma. Pretty standard. Yeah, I was grandma too. She was trying to assimilate though. Yeah, doing my best. <laughs> <laughs> my copy's oh. autographed, by the way. Oh, my, what a fucking... Is. I know. Honest to God, I'm not just blowing smoke in your turlet. You're so goddamn talented. Yeah. You just do so many things. The impressions, <laughs> musically, the inventions, Jesus. the That's fucking That's the Bradley books. Cooper in you. That's the Bradley It's Cooper the BC. So anyways, the books, things have been fun. I really just wanted to come talk to you and tell you guys you do a great job. And especially during the times when people need entertainment and need something to not think about when they watch the news and they're going, the world's falling apart. You can watch two smart people just talk and have great smart conversations and funny and you don't know where the time went. You go, oh my gosh, was that already an hour? I can't tell you what you've done for so many people. It's the best thing. I'm so happy you guys are doing this. Thank you so much. And that was going to be a whole other conversation we don't have time for. But just like you and I are lockstep in that. Jeopardy doesn't have to tell you about the Affordable Care Act. You can just watch Jeopardy. You can have 22 minutes of your life where you watch trivia. It doesn't need to seep into every motherfucking thing on the planet. Can I have an option? Can I, I have an option where something's just fun? Also, so many people do it better than you and I. I yeah, I would never do The Daily Show. Right. It would make no sense to me. I would be awful at it. And Trevor Noah nailing it. He's fantastic at it. And he can't do a Bee Gees impersonation. He can't do it. He can't do it. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to call you OBC from now on, original Bradley Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> so with much love and much admiration, OBC, thanks for sitting down with us on what I know is a busy day. And everyone should buy Nana Loves You More. Monica, I heard all different types of laughs. Oh, good. We got all three? <laughs> you added a couple more in there, oh, which shit. I didn't know. Now seeing you, there's a silent laugh that no one can hear. That's actually the most common, I would say. Yeah, I would say that too. But watching you, you lean to your right side and you almost fell off the chair a couple of times and it's so good. Like right now you're doing it and it's great. You need to invent something for Monica that wherever she goes- I've already thought of it. Okay, okay, good. <laughs> it's a headset mic, first of all, that goes basically almost in your mouth. There's probably some audible breath coming out of you that you're just not by the mic when you're laughing, you're rocking. But I want you to invent for her a portable sidearm. So that when she goes out like with friends and there's no side thing for her to lean on while she laughs, we don't want her to fall down and crack her head open. So it's like she comes out of her purse, it unfolds, 
And then it's just a little um, support on either like side. Like a of high it. chair. Like a muffin top? <laughs> <laughs> yes, like a very a architecturally top. designed muffin top. And when you lean, it inflates. Uh-huh. That's nice. We can work on this. We okay. can work on the muffin top. We'll work on inventions next time we, yeah. we talk. Man, this has been fun. Yeah. So fun. So good seeing you, brother. And it's so good to see you too. And best to everybody. And thank you, thank you, thank you again. All right. Take care. Bye. Stay tuned for more Armchair Expert, if you dare. Okay, when did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Well, let's just say I'm a weirdo and I want to be messy and see what you're up to, like who you're hanging with. I can just stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. I knew you did that. (laughs) No, I did not do that. (laughs) I don't do that. I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages and keep it between friends and then use that money any place Apple Pay is accepted. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Monica, please keep it in the chat. (laughs) Services are provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC, terms apply. We are supported by New Balance. Whether you're going for your first ever jog around the park, getting ready for a marathon, or even picking up the pace on the last stretch before you get home, if you run, you're a runner. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered. Because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance. Run your way. Visit newbalance.com running to learn more. We are supported by Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Mm. Ooh. Myrtle Beach, I have so much nostalgia. Me too. I did a spring break in Myrtle yes. Beach. Yes. Did you guys used to go there from Georgia? Yeah. It mm. was a very common beach destination. Ugh. Long sun-drenched days, live music every night, and 60 miles of uninterrupted coastline to enjoy. The beach truly is where your best self comes out. Combine that with the irresistible aroma of fresh seafood, southern classics, and local low country cuisine from over 2,000 restaurants, and you've got yourself the perfect vacation. You belong at the beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plan your trip at visitmyrtlebeach.com. That's visitmyrtlebeach.com. And now my favorite part of the show, the fact check with my soulmate, Monica Padman. Jimbo Fallon. Yeah. I wonder if he ever thought about going by Jimbo for his stage name. <laughs> I just well, Probably maybe not. because he loves Chuckles the Clown. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Chuckles the Clown from Mary Tyler Moore. That was oh, his school right, 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 right. quote. That was a funny quote. <laughs> Very. <laughs> I've never really watched the Mary Tyler Moore show. Everyone loves it. They revere it. They do. Highly revered. I hate to say I feel like a um, charlatan, I guess, but I, or not a charlatan. I feel uh, unsophisticated. A Philistine. Thank you. A Philistine. Because I would always, when I was at my grandparents' house, they'd have block party summer on Nick, Nick at Night. Okay. And so each night of the week, there was a marathon. So it was like, Monday was I Dream a Genie. Tuesday oh. was Bewitched. Mary Tyler Moore was in One the mix. One of the marathons. Yes. And I always never cared about that day. Oh, yeah. misogynist. Yeah, definitely. That's Nick at Night. Nick at Night. Yeah, Nick at Night. I loved Bewitched and I love I Dream a Genie. It's what aspects. All of it. I guess oh, that magic. You're not a misogynist because those were also female driven shows. They were. They Good were. job. You know, I watched with my grandma. Granny. Yeah, uh-huh. grandma. Oh, that's a ding, 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 because we talk about what we called our... <gasps> Nanas. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, my God. The allergies. Pollen's in the air. 
Wow. Tis the season. <laughs> Do you have any reaction to all the pollen that's around I right feel horrible. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. I wake up every morning like, <laughs> I'm dying. Are you taking any Zyrtec? No, I forgot to get some at um, Rite Aid when I was there this week. I need to go get some. Uh, yeah. I don't have any D anymore. Oh, dingles. What happened? There's so many ding, ding, dings that just keep popping up. Go on and I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll That's back. it. Oh. Uh, Zyrtec. I don't have any D left. I know. I'll get us. But, but I'm on normal Zyrtec because it's insufferable for me. I and know. I don't know if you've looked at my driveway, but this oak tree, which is majestic in all ways, it's uh-huh. a fucking thousand the feet across. The landmark in Los Feliz. The Los Feliz landmark is just pissing pollen. It's mm. it's two inches deep on my driveway. There's big, big circles, globs of all of it. Oh, my God. Yeah, it looks like it's snowed outside. Snowed. Snowed. Uh, Skitter <laughs> came over, and it looked like it fucking snowed. <laughs> Skitter was like, did it snow? And I was like, no, that's our oak tree. <laughs> wow, that was good. Thank you. I looked away from you at all times. It was fine. So you're able, what I just discovered is you're able to look at it just as long as, as, long as there's no eye contact. Yeah. my mouth got really gross there, as you that just saw. That's fine. Because I got to go like this with my lips. I do. <laughs> and my teeth. <laughs> He's a little ripper. I think it is eye contact because what it is is I feel like you need me to be doing to something. To respond mm-hmm. in some way. And totally then I feel anxious. It's that anxiety of unwrapping Christmas presents when everyone's staring at you. Oh, just never react big enough for anyone. Yeah. I think that's where I learned to act. Oh, <laughs> that's where you credit your <laughs> acting skills. Ding, ding, ding. Triple Major. Thing. Zyrtec uh-huh. is the commercial that he was talking about where there's trust falls and people sneezing. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fact written down here. Oh What's the commercial with the sneezing and the trust falls? He said he thought maybe Zantac, but Zyrtec, and it makes sense. Well, Zantac is an abdominal. It's an indigestion right. medication. Right. I've had to use it a couple times. If I were in the audience, the skeptic that I am, I'd be like, this is orchestrated. They planned it. Zyrtec is a big, big whopper of a sponsor. I wish. Me too. But don't you think like, oh, it was in the episode. Now randomly we're talking about it. We must get it because of our allergies. I mean, this is, I'd be calling bullshit. I mean, I'm fine with us pushing Zyrtec so that they become a sponsor. I would Mm. love free Zyrtec D for the rest of my life. So I've thought about that, but I've thought if I'm them, I'm like, well, we already got our ad. Well, you know, you want us to pay for it? retroactively get paid for it. That's what I would love. Yeah, I'd like to call them and bill. go, you owe us, mm. all right? And I would call it that tone. Be Zyrtec. Bring, bring. Hello, Zyrtec here. Yes, can I speak to the general manager? Uh, Yes, one second. Let me put you on hold. Boop. Mm, fuck. Okay, connecting you to GM Manager Mouse. Oh, hello. Hello. You, um, you fucking owe us. Excuse me? Who are you? This is Dak Shepard. Oh, hi. I'm a big arm cherry. Oh, fuck. <laughs> well, then you heard. It was such a beautiful shout out. Thank you so much. Yeah, you that's know, worth like a sending... million dollars. You owe us a million dollars. Okay. Okay, fine. Oh, my God. I couldn't go through with it if I knew they were an arm cherry. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this is exactly how it goes. So let's just back up. So okay. you're Mac- Maximus. Hello. Hey, um, you owe us some money. Excuse me? The, hey, who's this? Who is this? The, this is Dak Shepard. Okay, I thought I recognized the voice. I'm a big fan. 
You got to do the whole. You got to do your the part again. I'm sorry. So no, you got to set me up. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know what you're trying to do. So okay. Right. Um. Mm. Okay. This is. <laughs> Uh, um, Dak Shepard, hello, I'm a big fan. I'm a huge arm cherry. Love oh the podcast. My, oh my God, you are? Yes, I oh. love the Roy Choi episode. Oh, thank you. I'm just calling because we wanted to send you a present. Oh my God, that's so kind. <laughs> do you want a hundred dollars? I'll have my assistant give you my info. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to get to If I found out their arm chair, I'd start offering them money. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it would flip. <laughs> Remember when I, I feel like we talked about this, how whenever it's a good hack for you, whenever you're feeling angry. Yeah, big time. To think, perhaps this is a person who enjoys my show. And you know what? I just want to be clear about that. It's not they enjoy my show, like it's an ego thing. It's no. that I know they're sweethearts. Like, armchairs are sweethearts. That's right. So if I see someone in traffic lollygagging, at first I just think, like, oh, this fucker doesn't want to go to where they're going. Yeah. And now they're going to make me not get to go. You know, I run yeah. the whole thing, attribution error. Of course. Error. But if I go, oh, armchairing in there, they're just bobbing through their day, trying to leave the world better than they found it. Yeah. And they're doing the right thing, and I'm doing the wrong thing. I should have left earlier. Well, I, I think it's lovely that you think of the all armchairs are sweethearts, but also don't you feel like you you want them to see your best self? Like, you want to be the best for them. There's some accountability. Oh, there's that. Yeah, yeah. like, uh, you're right. So it works in two different ways. One is when I'm interacting with people, yes. And that is probably ego or vanity or something where I think, oh my God, they like okay. this person and now they're seeing this shitty person. Yeah, and, and I, I don't want to be both, that. you're both, so I, I, I want to be the best. The, the best the, version of yeah. myself. Yep. And then there's another time where just I'm getting annoyed with somebody. I'm not going to interact with them. Oh, I see. And I just imagine they're an arm cherry. Yeah. yeah. No, I love Give them. them. Some grace. Yeah. And I imagine what they're doing is the proper thing to do. And maybe they're struggling. Yeah. They're probably going through some stuff. That's why they like the show. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, I've got a really dangerous question to ask you. Okay. Go. Okay. So there's a guy driving erratically. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you're getting a mad. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then as you're pulling up next to the car, you're passing slowly, though. This takes a minute. Your window's down, his window's down. And you hear that he's listening to Armchair Expert. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then as you get next to him at the light, you see he's masturbating to it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Where does it go? What's your conclusion after that? Armchairs are purr. So, I, okay, here's the thing. I'm not going to generalize all armchairs based on that one guy. Right. Okay. But, but I'm I, just at your emotions. Like, first it was like agitated. Then, oh, he's listening to the show, probably endearment. Yeah. Then he's masturbating. Then, like, oh. <laughs> yeah. The whole gamut, then. Yeah, a real okay. ride. And it's specifically to your voice. So it's like he keeps hitting 15 seconds back as well. So you know, not only is he is doing this. Is the guy this, Brad Pitt? Yeah, it's Brad Pitt. Then I'm excited. Okay, <laughs> then you take your shirt off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't, 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 the real thing's over here. <laughs> then it would, there'd be zero questions left about the simulation. If you pulled up at a light and Brad Pitt was choking Master. his chicken listening to you talk about your mouse. <laughs> but then again, we wouldn't know if he's horny for mice. Yeah. Well, but then it still Yeah, ding, still ding, ding. Works. Still works. <laughs> Okay, so this was a fun revelation. We were discussing him guest hosting. You were on the show. Yeah, yeah. And he said, he th you know, heart attack or shingles. I thought he was joking. Oh, okay. 
I mean, I thought he was just joking, like, it was uh, maybe shingles. Now, I knew about all the heart stuff. I didn't know about the shingles. Well, yeah, he said, like, I had to guess this. I don't remember why. I think it was because he had a heart attack or maybe it was shingles. So I laughed because I was like, oh, he's, it was obviously the heart thing. He's just adding in this funny disease. Right, it's a throwaway, yeah. Yeah. um, Not so funny. And it was shingles. Oh, my God. He did have a heart attack, but. You know I live in great fear of shingles. You do. Do you know that? It's a. It's supposed to be so Sometimes painful. you see my posts on Instagram, but I had one where it was just a direct-to-camera. I'd seen like my 25th commercial for shingles in a row, <gasps> and I had to take to the internet to just say I'm so grateful afraid. I don't have shingles, and I'm so afraid of them. Yeah. yeah. I understand. I have a friend that got it, and it was bad. It's brutal, right? Yeah, it's yeah. really I do too. bad. I do she too. couldn't wear like a shirt for yeah. weeks. Oh. Yeah. David Letterman, this is in 2003. This is when you were on the show. This actually, this took me a while. I bet. Because I kept looking up heart attack. Uh-huh. And he had one. So yeah. then I was like finding out that that was he had like two- quadruple bypass maybe. He did in 2000. So I was like, okay, now I need to look and see when Dax was on mm-hmm. to see if it was in 2000. It was a proper investigation. It was. So I found out first that you were on in 2003. Then I was like, this doesn't add up with the heart attack. So then I was like, I guess I'll look up shingles. Sure. Turns out, <laughs> David Letterman will continue, of elimination. will continue his recuperation from an eye infection caused by shingles. Ooh, an eye infection. Jesus. With guest hosts scheduled to appear on The Late Show this week. That was in March 2003. Shingles sounds like an STD. I think that's it does. why it, does. it also, sounds gross. What it, what it, for me, what it does is like there's a visual to it. So shingles from a house. So yeah. I think like your skin, skin is, flossing. is like it is. shingly though. I think it is. Oh, I'm so sorry for anyone who's battled shingles. It's supposed to be so painful. It's so like nerve. Yeah, that's the yeah. condition is a viral infection of the nerve roots Ooh. that typically results in pain and rash caused by the same virus that causes chicken pox. Oh, my pox. <laughs> Holy pox. Sheesh. Yeah. Respectfully. Respectfully. <laughs> okay. On guard, God. <laughs> Listen, I found something uh, cool. Uh, oh, good. Kinda. Why they have so many people though? That is confusing. But yeah. That wow, I forgot that aspect of it. That Chloe somehow was Chloe on. Chloe seven. Maybe she sang. No, she doesn't sing. But they don't have three guests. Rufus Rain. Maybe Rain- no one got two segments. Oh, maybe. I certainly. Okay, didn't. I'm looking for your part. Okay. This is 42 minutes. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> you have a look on your face that has pity. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, uh-oh. The Rolling Stones. Uh, look how young. Is, uh, one of the stars of MTV's Punked, which can be seen Monday nights at 10.30. Please welcome very funny Dax Shepard, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everyone has to watch this. You did a cute little entrance. I did. Yeah. Trying my hardest Hold to on. get noticed. You see you're doing like a dance. Oh. Oh, you did some air. Oh, Jesus. No, I've gone too far. Oh, they just keep playing because oh. apparently I'm dancing. Am I, embar- am I embarrassing no. myself yet? It's still working? Oh, it's so good to see you, man. Yeah, look at P. Schaefer, my favorite comedian. Oh, wow. Loves you, man. Yeah. yeah. That's, That's cool, man. Yeah. yeah. 
Nice to see this you. is off to a bad. I just get off on saying your name. I just Dax, you know. It's a good time. Dax, yeah. Sometimes I'll sit at home for hours on end just looking in the mirror. Hello, Dax. Just saying it, yeah. 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 I was thinking you look Dax. so yeah. young. I'm doing your answering machine over here. Dax isn't here. Unfortunately, Dax is not home. Yeah. At Dax's house. Hi, I'm Dax. I'm not here right now. And again, I remind <laughs> you, I'm Dax. Leave your name after the Dax. This is rough. It's not. It's fine. Look. <laughs> Hey Dax, it's Dax. You're doing good. You're keeping. I, yeah. Oh. I God, it's so handsome. No. Bastard, Look by the way. Look at this hot person. Oh, you're good. This ladies. I, uh, I, uh, I remember working with. Uh, I, I did a little bit with you in the Groundlings at one point. I was hoping you would remember. I totally do. I totally remember that because I, I did the, the Groundlings for a while. Yeah. I didn't actually I, become one. No. Did you? Uh, in the Sunday company for a year. You, you take lessons in L.A., uh, this improv, uh, this teacher. And when you're in between classes, you pay $25 to go act like a dip stick? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes sir, oh, yeah. my God, you just so looked James and just I like Lincoln. James and I would go and give them $25 and act like clowns. Really? We did it a couple Lincoln. times together. Really? And then right after that, you got uh, Saturday Night Live. Yeah. You went straight to the... Uh, I went to the... Yeah. yeah, and then I went to Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And by the way, I heard your song... And I'm so glad that you didn't take B. Arthur because I have her phone number. Big laugh. Big yeah. laugh for that. Really? <laughs> oh, you're doing a funny face. That's funny. <laughs> because Hello, B. B. B told me this morning she changed her number. But I'm enjoying it. Because we date the same girl. The same lady, it's so yeah. weird. But it's a great movie. Bees kind of opens your life for us. Bees easy, we unfortunately. Both <laughs> I thought uh -oh. I had won the, you know, the gold chain by getting her number. And here you've been traipsing around. God knows where it was. Speaking the of golden girls. Speaking of gold chains and girls. <laughs> and girls. Yeah. You ran into uh, a celebrity in the, in the airport. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, mind you, the entire experience flying here was... Um, what you'd beg to happen prior to going on a talk show because I'm walking through the airport and I see people taking pictures and by God, if it isn't Mr. T.B.A. Baracus is waiting to board a flight. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where he was headed to by the Garden State, but um, you do this thing like now enough celebrities watch punk because they're afraid and they want to know what to watch out for. But there's that awkward moment where you're like trying to feel if they know you or you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I went up to Mr. So they T. They must feel like they're getting punked as well, right? Right. Yeah. So I went up to Mr. T and I just shot straight in. And I was like, I pity the fool. And he goes, I pity the fool too. And I was like, oh, we're doing something. And then I realized he had no idea who I was. He just would do that with anyone. And like, <laughs> this guy like was pushing by like the newspaper. Oh, you're up. I was like, pity the fool. Pity the fool. Yeah. Mr. T was like, you're right, I pity the fool. <laughs> Which, yeah. what a tagline for your whole life. Yeah. Like I joke. I joke that if everything goes perfectly and I end up on inside the actor's studio when I'm like 70, 120-year-old James Lipton's going to go, please, the kids want to hear it. Tell us we've been punked. Or Mr. T, when he, when he expires, right. like, I thought about punching him. I pity the fool. <laughs> oh, so nice. But I had that moment where you're growing up and he's such uh, a, a, a B.A., Baracus. That, of course, uh, A-team. Yeah, but seeing him in person, he's 112 now, and his arms were like this big. Oh, so and I thought, crazy. if there's any time to try your luck with Mr. T, it's right now. It's go time. Oh, you're going to punch him? Yeah! yeah. So I'm going to call my brother and be like, I just beat down Mr. T. <laughs> he pities this fool. Yeah. <laughs> he actually does pity the fool. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. 
Oh, this I'm sweating a bit on my forehead. Oh man, oh, that was your, that's exciting. That was your first oh, appearance my ever. God. That you, is so stressful. Oh. Okay, there's so much to I need much to remind to talk you that I was in front of a camera for the very first time like three months before that. I, I do not. Th you think that was bad? Oh, yeah, I think that was rough. That was rough. I'm trying so hard. I'm and not letting him talk. No, no, no. Um, oh, listen, okay. listen. Notes. No, it is so fascinating for me to watch this because I, I, fe I know you so well. Yes. And I don't know him. Yeah. But I do. <laughs> like, there's this weird thing where I'm like, oh, yeah, there he is. Like, yeah. it's, it's very, it's very rare to be able to do that with someone. Like, you'll never be able to do that with me. You'll never be able to go back well, in. Not true. I watch you in the cheer, um, in your cheer competition. Oh, sure. But that's not my personality. That, by the way, that's not mine. That's but, what's weird. But there are pieces that yes. are. That's what I'm saying. It's like. Even just the way you like change names and stuff like that's so you. That's true. That's true. That's true. And it's like sweet to see it in this little boy. Yeah, I think because the reason I was getting asked to be places is I was on this show that was crazy. Yeah, exactly. And you I was like, oh, that. they want me to be crazy. <laughs> that's not. That's not weird. That's exactly right. You had a persona. Yeah, but yeah. I didn't really know what it was yet. Because punked isn't my... I'm not a prankster. No, but that's why you were getting uh, noticed for. Yeah, it was very weird. Wow. <laughs> also, I'm talking about like whether people know me or not. Oh, my God. No. Uh, no. Well, I did. Okay. I was talking about that. Well, I thought that was extremely <laughs> sweet. And it's nice to see before and afters. Before and afters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I love yeah. that. <laughs> wow. Ooh, that gave me the sweats. <laughs> They give me the deep sweats. It, it takes a minute to figure out talk shows uh, for me. Yeah, it takes a minute. Like I, it took me many to just relax out there. Yeah, well, it's scary. It is. It feel. It feels like a starter pistol goes off when they call your name. Yeah, and you're like, oh my god, I have four minutes to make everyone. It feels fall like fall in love with me. Cheerleading feels like a performance. Exactly. Yeah, but I haven't practiced. <laughs> and I don't have a routine. Well, yeah. Like, I'm mean, even in that, I'm trying to think, like, was there a pre-interview? It doesn't feel like there was a pre-interview. I think the like, Mr. T. Okay. Because the way he said, like, oh, you saw yeah. someone at the airport. Yes, you're right. Also, the, that is not smooth either. No. That was clearly his first, <laughs> because now there's a much... <laughs> <laughs> More smooth, elegant way yes, to get into it. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's great. Yeah, it's great. It's a, it's his first time hosting yeah. and my first time being on one. What a, I'm shocked. I guess you could say I'm shocked it went as well as it did. I, I think it's great. And you look so <laughs> oh, little, and so you. does he. Oh my Thank gosh, you. it's very. <laughs> a couple sweet. of teenagers on TV. It's very sweet. <laughs> you were both 28 there. I was just a little baby. You were. Uh, I was 12. No, a 16 year old. Yeah. Mm, not really a baby. You were prepping for your first trip to the state. Eleventh <laughs> grade to the states. Isn't that what you would call state championships? Well, state. You meant to America. Yeah, that's what, it sounded that's like. what I thought. Oh, I was born oh, here. Oh my god! Oh my god! No. <laughs> like they would say, the basketball teams going to states. State where I'm from. State. Okay, yeah. but in, in Michigan they put as oh, everything. Right. That's right. Fords, that's right. Kmart's. <laughs> that's right. Ted Seegers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How tall is Will Ferrell? Mm. Um, Will Ferrell 
is 6'3", according to the internet. There you go. So. Yeah, taller than I am. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember that, but whatever. Like, I don't remember being like, he's even taller than you. He's a big boy. He's so big. <laughs> he's a big boy. How many teaspoons go into a tablespoon? Three. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Three. Oh, my God. These are fun. And they're coming fast, too. <laughs> Will Ferrell, 6'3". Well, three we ate up a lot of time with that. Um... Oh, I'm embarrassed <laughs> by the whole thing. You're allowed <laughs> to grow. It's okay. I wasn't sober yet, either. Oh, I was going to ask that. Yeah. I mean, I might have been on like a month. I am on the appearance for sure. Yeah. And I, and I, again, I, I probably started trying to get sober around 28. So I bet, who knows what's going on there. That might have been in this spell where I didn't drink for a year, but I did drugs. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. That's a better way to put it. I've not begun doing any self-work yet. Yeah. But that's beautiful. Oh, thank you. Isn't it nice to see the yeah. change? Yeah, I guess it's just embarrassing for me, but Well, no one starts out. I mean, you have that's the whole point. You have to put in work. Yeah. That's wild though that I don't remember one second. The only thing I do remember is Paul Schaefer. Like because Dave wasn't there. Yeah. I wanted to connect with one of the of like icons of the show I've been watching forever, so I got a little distracted, which it was fine. Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> It was cute. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, 18 years ago. 19 years ago. That was 19 years ago. Okay. I tried to find out how much the Rodney Dangerfield trophy weighed. Oh. But I, I can't find it. Unknowable. Well, I'm sure it is, but I, I didn't find it. But it's called the Rodney Respect Award. Mm. It's a unique recognition award that is presented annually to a comedian who embodies Rodney Dangerfield's professional legacy and devotion to making a difference in the lives of others. Ah. Rodney Dangerfield was so funny. And one of the most legendary Hoovers in all of show business. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just a real vacuum. That means cocaine for the, yeah. for the listener who yeah, doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. It's amazing he made it last so long. Okay, so he tells this story about Conan was going to take The Tonight Show in six years. Yeah. I was, I have to be honest, confused by that story. Okay. I, I'm still confused. Oh, I didn't know I if you went, you. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so basically Conan had gotten big enough. Yeah. Uh, he, he came on after Leno. Right. And th when his contract was up, NBC really wanted to keep him. Yeah. But he was getting offers from ABC and all these other places to come there. So what NBC did is they said, if you stay, if you re-up, we promise you the Leno spot in, in six, six years, years. Which is where they got into all that trouble. Right. Because they made that promise to him contractually. And then so Leno basically just found out, like, we're retiring you in six years. Right. They didn't. They didn't tell him or no, ask. No, no, no. Yeah, I think yeah. they just thought somehow this would not be a problem in six years. Ah. And then, of course, Leno was subsequently kind of ushered out and didn't really want to go. And then a month after this whole thing happens, they then offer Leno, do you want to come back and have a show at 10? Because Leno was crushing in the yeah. ratings. He was beating Letterman. It was working quite well for NBC. And then when Conan first came on, the ratings went down. Mm -hmm. So they're like, oh my God, what the fuck have we done? Oh, here's an idea. We'll take over the 10 o'clock slot 
And the show's so cheap to produce. And in the 10 o'clock slot, there's always a one-hour drama. Well, those are expensive shows. So right. those were like $3.5 million an episode. So they're like, oh, this is genius. We're spending $15 million a week on these other shows. We'll put him on. This will be great. Well, what happened was it it further crushed Conan's, Conan's. Yeah. ratings. It also fucked up the lead-in for the news. Because the nature of talk shows is people like generally watch the monologue and maybe they'll watch the first guest. There's like a very precipitous drop off with late night. So all the news affiliates were pissed that their leading was fucked. The whole yeah. thing was a big old disaster. And then ultimately they decided to buy Conan out of his contract yeah. and just bring Leno back. Right. And, and then, then Conan went to TBS. And then the 10 o'clock spot is what Fallon came in to do? No, Fallon went into Conan's spot that he left. Copy. That. Yeah. Is what the late show I was confused about. Yeah. Okay. And by the way, it's the trajectory. So Letterman started following Carson, right? In right. the late show, and then he got his own eleven thirty slot on Channel Two, whatever that is, CBS, yeah. CBS, I think, where he stayed for the rest of his career. And then Leno took over for Carson, and then Conan went after that. Yeah. And then Conan went up to primetime. Fallon went to late night yeah. and Fallon went up. Yeah. 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 Isn't there, a, there's like a book on it, I think. There like is. The Late Shift the late or something. The Late Night Wars or something. Oh, there's like that, that too. I think there was a movie, The Late Shift, based on a book. Oh. There's currently, and I watched a few episodes of it. It's really good. There's a history of late night that maybe CNN did or something. Mm. I like it a lot because Kimmel's in it a bunch. Oh, fun. And it just makes me happy for him. Because they're telling you that Jack Parsons, the very beginning, how you get to Johnny Carson, Johnny Carson's whole run. It's a very, cool. very few people oh, God, yeah. over Handful. a 40-year period that have got to do that. Yeah. And he's one of them, and so I awesome. like that for him. Was, was that the HBO one that oh, used yeah, a bunch that... of our clips? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, yes. I think I sent oh, it to yeah. you because when they talk about Leno, they played clips from our show. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And by the way, I didn't know that. I just, I, I'm so interested in that whole story yeah. so i'm watching it as a fan of late night and all of a sudden they cut the clips of our show i almost <laughs> with our photos too yeah yeah almost shit my slacks wow very exciting that's really sounds flattering. like robin was more he went a copyright infringement yeah, he yeah. Seems yeah. Upset. i was just flattered he seems that resentful. Made, i was like oh i'm not in there but i'm somehow in there yeah you made it in <laughs> yeah all right well those are all our those are good facts and facts some are hot and fast some were um, embarrassing for me or stressful um, <laughs> and here we are and here we are I love you love you love you